Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Three and Out, where we discuss the three biggest topics in Carolina Panthers football, and then we're out. I'm your host, Jordan Rodrigue, Panthers beat writer for the Charlotte Observer. Let's get going. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Did anything interesting happen this week? Hey, guys. Jordan Rodrigue here. I thought I would bring an emergency version of 3 and Out to everyone right before training camp starts. We're just a few days away, and Carolina Panthers town is a blender with the lid off, and it flipped into high gear on Monday with the very shocking firing of general manager Dave Gettleman and then the subsequent hiring of interim GM Marty Herney. So apparently it is 2002 again. I've dug out my jelly sandals from that year, and I'm just really thankful that Y2K didn't end us all. And Marty Herney got to work. Obviously, there was some groundwork in place with uh, contract negotiations with guard Trey Turner, extended Trey for four years, and he's getting top three guard money now. And the next time he will be a free agent is when he's 28 years old. Um, obviously, Trey Turner was an absolutely crucial, crucial need for the Panthers to get done. There was a lot of conversation about extending two of the veteran players, Thomas Davis and Greg Olson, but I would definitely argue that Trey Turner was the most immediate need as training camp approaches definitely needed to get him locked in. He's one of the best guards in the league, definitely the best guard on the Panthers roster. So I thought that was a great move. We don't know how much of that was already set in motion by Dave Gettleman, but these things don't just happen overnight. So that framework had definitely already been laid out. And then the Panthers on Thursday evening announced the release of left tackle Michael Orr. This is something that's been a long time coming. Um, I had a source tell me that Michael is qualified for injury compensation, which is beneficial to him. Obviously, he's been in the concussion protocol since September. It's just a really scary situation in terms of Michael's long-term health. I think this is the best-case scenario. And the Panthers do have a contingency plan. Um, Signed Matt Khalil in free agency for $55.5 million in five years. And hopefully for them, that plays out the way that they think it will. Um, They have Daryl Williams, who's it's his job to lose over on the right side at right tackle. And competing with him is rookie Taylor Moten, who's just a really promising prospect. You guys can definitely read more about him and listen to my podcast with him, actually, which sat down with Taylor uh, this last podcast that I did, which um, he was just really pleasant to speak with, offered some good insight on his other role, which is not only shifting and taking reps at guard, but also providing depth at left tackle, which he sounded confident like he'll be able to do in case of emergency to Matt Khalil um, come fall. So I know I've been getting a lot of questions about my thoughts on the Dave Gettleman situation. Um, I wrote a column about it on charlotteobserver.com. Basically, in, in a very, very short summation of what I think, I think that Jerry Richardson was wrong if, in fact, this was an emotional decision. Jerry Richardson was wrong. And I think that Dave Gettleman was wrong if, in fact, the reasoning behind his firing was the way he treated players, um, in, in this case, poorly. And the way, and if it were in fact, if it is in fact because of his bedside manner when speaking to 
um, veterans that do definitely deserve respect because they have helped build the organization to what it is today. Um, spoke with Greg Olson Thursday morning at a golf course, and he kind of shot down the speculation that he and Thomas Davis were the reason why Dave got fired, but I would definitely caution fans to jump to those conclusions or to take a ton of stock into um, the things that players are saying right now, specifically after this situation has kind of escalated, because while it was not the only reason why a general manager would get fired, there had to have been something that was a catalytic factor. Context clues point to conversations being really tense in terms of contract discussions. Of course, we haven't had any anyone from the Panthers organization come out and, and specifically tell us what happened. So it's all been sourced reporting and, and kind of digging into some of these clues. We'll keep digging, but in the interim, pun intended, Marty Herney is making moves. Um, but I thought it's been a really crazy week. I just I know everybody in Panthers Nation is feeling kind of like that opening clip right now, which is, by the way, one of the gre- greatest opening scenes from a TV show, I think. It's one of the funniest things I've, I've ever seen to this day. And I also thought that I might bring a little relief in the way of a an interview with Christian McCaffrey, rookie running back, number eight overall draft pick. I just want to preface this by saying, by the way, that I did sp- speak with McCaffrey's PR and management people. They were equally as impressed as I was that he made the decision to host this event, um, again, which you can read over, about over at charlotteobserver.com, because leading up to the event, right now Christian is working out with players at Bank of America Stadium and their various facilities, but in the three weeks prior to the event, he was in about a dozen states for various marketing and procedural things that he has to take care of before he goes to training camp, endorsement deals and commercials and things like that. So between all of those things, it was really cool that he took the time to help out those kids in Charlotte before he's ever even played it down to football for the Panthers. You know, we've heard a lot about the word culture this week. Marty Herney in his opening press conference used the word culture a lot. And so when you say the word culture, this is kind of what comes to mind is this kind of thing. This is the kind of thing that guys like Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, Greg Olson, you know, Shaq Thompson, all these, Jonathan Stewart, Cam Newton, all these guys are really involved in the community. Um, I thought it was impressive that Christian is also getting involved in the community before he's even played it down for the Carolina Panthers. So also in this interview, which is probably the best part pay close attention to his workout schedule because this kid will literally do whatever it takes to stay on track with his assigned workouts between all of this jet setting that he's been doing. And that includes hopping the fences at random high schools during layovers in whatever state he's in at the time. So without further ado, Christian McCaffrey. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today and you met a lot of kids and I know it was a whirlwind, but there were some really cool moments where kids were coming up to you. You know, you got that kid of football, what was the day like for you here today? Oh yeah, it was, it was it was a great day. I think any any time you get an opportunity to uh, you know give back, especially to youth kids when it comes to sports, it's something that you know I, I did as a kid. And now that I'm in a position to help, it's 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 definitely pretty special to me. And uh, to see these kids' faces light up just to get you know a pair of cleats is, is a pretty cool moment. And your memories of, of that I, I watched that that little peewee I think oh, yeah. NFL Network tweeted that out yeah. that little peewee league yeah. where you took the pen out of your sock how old were you you said I was seven 
at that time. What so do you remember about that day? Uh, I mean, not a whole lot. I just remember, uh, you know, my, I was playing on my older brother's team. I was playing two years up, and he had, uh, you know, he had basically chosen me to do the celebration. So we were playing against the Kinda mascots at halftime of a, of a Bronco game, actually. And, um, you know, I, I, I just I jumped right to it and, and, and went with it. And I can't believe it's actually blown up more now than it did back then. The internet, yeah. yeah the internet's crazy. an amazing place. Yeah, people are sitting there and finding retweets from basketball players when they're it's signing with new teams yeah. and stuff. But so, how what are you preparing? Like, how are you preparing? I know you're you're finding high schools to practice at wherever you're landing, essentially, in any city you're landing in, which is so cool to me that you can go out and do that and find a place to work out wherever you're at. Can you kind of describe that to me? Uh, yeah, I mean, when you travel a lot, you know, a lot of times you, you got to find find a way to still get your training in and you know it's important to me that I don't miss a day so I usually just kind of schedule it beforehand if I'm going to go you know if I know I'm going somewhere I'll make sure that I have time and a place to work out whether it's run or lift or both so uh, you know I've been traveling a little bit but you know still haven't missed a day which has been nice yeah which is interesting because you you have been traveling so much and then to, to find like high school is willing to take you in and, and all that stuff has got to be kind of a cool feeling you're you're like national now instead of just yeah. Bay Area I mean, so, some of the high schools I kind of just hop the fence I don't know how, <laughs> how, you know a lot which of ones no one will be there yeah but uh, anywhere there's a field you can work out and, and uh, you know I've been lucky enough to be able to do everything as far as the weight room goes just because I've been and I've had people available in different states who, who can help train me. So, uh, but my trainer back home in Denver, he just sends me all the workouts, and, and I go with that. But I feel great. You know, I feel very prepared and, and ready to go for camp. So, when when you are training, what, what can you take me through your workout? What what kinds of things do you do? I do a lot. Of, so I don't want to give you all the secrets, but basically, uh, my Monday and Thursdays are very similar. So I, I base it off six days. So my Mondays are more speed, linear days, and my Tuesdays, my technique, conditioning days. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday is kind of like a recover day, so that's when you get the massage and chiropractic and all that stuff. Thursday's a lot like Monday, and Friday's a lot like uh, like Tuesday and Saturday's like Wednesday mm-hmm. and Sunday's off. So that's kind of my week of training. And every day you're in your playbook a lot, I would imagine. Yeah, you yeah. have to be. I think at this level it's just important that mentally you're consistently locked in. Has your dad been, he hasn't been a, a helicopter parent, I'm sure, at this point. He's, is he hovering a little bit, or is he just letting you do your own thing? No, he's been unbelievable. You know, anytime I need anything, he's helped me out. And if he has suggestions, he'll come to me. But nothing he ever says is is worth shaking your head to. You know, anytime he's talking, I'm listening, because he's been there, done that, and mm-hmm. knows all the ropes. So. Uh, he's been awesome in this process, helping me out with pretty much everything. Nervous is probably not the right word at this point in, in your career, but when you think about training camp, what are some big hurdles that you need to cross immediately when you get there? I mean, I wouldn't say there's hurdles to cross. I, I'm just excited to go out and play ball again. You know, I mean, sure, there'll be ups and downs, but, uh, you know, football is you know, the best game in the world to me, and, and I'm just excited to play, uh, you know, compete and practice against some pretty great players. Stanford did a lot of stuff with their run game, stacking the tackles and things like that that nobody else in college football did, and a lot of it was Jim Harbaugh, and the rest of it was David Shaw realizing what he had in you. Um, Ron Rivera said a lot about how he wants to do similar things that, that Shaw did and that Stanford did with you, and, and I know that a lot of that means using his receiver and emotion and disguising and doing all those kinds of things, but are you excited to kind of take what you already have been doing so well and, and kind of translate it to the next level? Oh, definitely. You know, I think uh, I just, I've always just trusted, I've, I've been really lucky. I've had great coaches, so I've just trusted them. Um, and, you know, I like to think of myself as a football player, not just not just one position. So 
wherever they need me, man, that's that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna go and, and, and do whatever they tell me to do and you know hopefully make some plays and some big plays. I think that's what that's what we really want this year is a lot of explosive plays, not just you know efficient. Uh, you know we want to be efficient, but we also want the you know those explosive runs, explosive pass plays. So I'm excited though, and you know we have the pieces. It's just a matter of putting them together and executing. When you see those, that kind of a player, what, what you are, what Curtis Samuel is, um, so many defensive guys now are playing, like Corn Elder plays all over the field, and so many defensive guys that went, you know, top 20 picks play all over the field in the secondary or in the, you know, this first and second tier. Is that a trend? Do you see that? I mean, you came up with all these Pee Wee League players that are, are playing, you know, six positions on the field and playing quarterback and defensive linemen and all that stuff. Is that a trend coming up that you see that people can just do more these days as a football player? I think it's always been that way. I just think the game is changing into where, you know, if you can do multiple things, then, you know, you're more valuable. You know, why not have somebody that can do, you know, three things in one player versus getting three players? It's just, you know, it's easier for a coach and it's easier, you know, for the player too. Because, you know, I think it's important for kids to play multiple positions. So when you got defensive guys playing three or four positions, it's because they can. You know, and athletes are evolving and the game's evolving where, that's important and very valuable. And I think there's a misconception that if you play multiple positions, that means that you're taking time away from certain positions. But you're really not, are you? No, you're not. I, th I mean, I think it's it's definitely hard for for teams to prepare against somebody that can do mul multiple things. Are you excited to, to show what you got against some of these NFC South defenses? <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, not definitely. I'm, I'm focused on you know competing against our guys first during training camp. Yeah, the defense is going to be pretty pretty fierce. This linebacker yeah. unit. Yeah. Oh my no, goodness. Be fun. I'm excited. When the Keekley and McCaffrey clash happens, I think an earthquake's going to run through Charlotte, right? <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Hopefully we don't clash too hard. Hopefully I try to just run around them. But, uh, yeah, I'll try to avoid him at all costs. Awesome. Thanks for your time, yeah, Christian. You. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it. No nice problem. to finally meet you. Yeah, you too. Once again, that was rookie running back Christian McCaffrey. Thanks to Christian for taking the time from that charity event to speak with me. And I think my favorite part of that interview was what he said about avoiding Luke Keekley. Um, I don't think anybody blames him for that at all, but it's still going to be really entertaining to watch. Anyway, the next time I'm on the air speaking to you all will be in Spartanburg. I'm really looking forward to it, and thanks again for listening to 3 and Out. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez.